This is episode number nine of the Polyglot Developer Podcast, and I'm your host, Nick Raboy. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. In this episode, we're going to discuss a very popular JavaScript framework called Ember.js. If you're unfamiliar, there are a lot of different JavaScript frameworks out there. There's jQuery, there's React, there's Ember, there's there's so many, too many to even list. We're going to have a deep dive on uh, what exactly Ember is and where it makes sense to use Ember in a front-end application versus one of these many other JavaScript frameworks. With me, I have two major advocates in the Ember space. I have Tracy Lee and I have Taras Mankowski. Taras is actually part of Ember Sherpa, which is an Ember uh, consulting agency. And Tracy is a developer who actually uses a lot of Ember and speaks at a lot of events on the topic as well. With that said, enjoy the show. Hey everyone, I'm with Tracy Lee and Taras Mankowski, and we're going to talk about Ember and where it fits in when it comes to various uh, web frameworks. Uh, but before we go ahead and start talking about Ember, I want to give the two of them the chance to introduce themselves. So let's go ahead and start with uh, Tracy. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Tracy, and you can follow me on Twitter at Lady Leet. And I, I don't know, I guess I've been playing around with different frameworks. I really love exploring new technologies and I really love live coding these days. So do you normally focus strictly on uh, the front end kind of web or do you focus on other technologies as well? Um, Yeah, I mean, I've only done, I feel like learning JavaScript in general is enough for me. (laughs) That's like a hot mess of, oh my gosh, this came out in Angular. Oh, this is coming out in Ember. This is coming out in React. So no, it keeps me busy. Yeah, there's a lot of different technologies to choose from. yeah, mm-hmm. and then I I do uh, I do modern web, so you can go to modern web dot org and um, see you know we do podcasts and uh, I don't know events and different things like that, and then I work with Taras on a bunch of cool things, including uh, Ember Sherpa and Global Ember Meetup. So I love the Ember community, but I love basically all the communities in JavaScript. <laughs> so is modern web like a, a nonprofit, or is it a blog that you run, or um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, it's really, it's really just a website and sort of brand that focuses on fr- doing like framework agnostic, um, type things. Like we cover a lot of things related to pro- like ES 2015 or different, I don't know, different exciting, like RxJS or, uh, build tools or what's the latest happening in, um, Again, like Ember, Angular, and React. And where are you located, Tracy? I am everywhere. So you can you can usually find me in the Bay Area or in Raleigh. But yeah, awesome. my life is a hot mess of travel. <laughs> sounds sounds very interesting. How about you, Taras? Um, so my name is Taras Minkowski. Uh, I run a consultancy called Ember Sherpa, and um, I'm also the organizer of Global Ember Meetup. And um, Ember Sherpa, we dedic- we we essentially help companies be better at Ember. So we focus on helping their 
teams understand Ember better as we as, as the team is building their projects, we will work with them to make sure that they actually know what they're doing. So most of the work that we do is done through developers. So we rarely you know ever come in and actually write code. Most of the time we will just pair with developers and make sure that they they really kind of understand what what's actually going into their repo. So that's the kind of work that we do. And uh, everything around that, like everything kind of comes from that. So Global Ember Meetup is a way for us to bring information that's missing in the Ember community to the Global Ember community and uh, connect uh, remote Ember developers together to, or do developers from different places around the world um, and uh, give everybody a, a sense of having a meetup that they could be part of, even if they don't have one close to them. Sure. Uh, so... Do you do mostly, it sounds like you do mostly tra uh, trainings then, right? Yeah, most of the, so we, we do, so Ember Sherpa has kind of two two roles. We have uh, mentoring, which we provide to companies. Um, and it's mostly, it mostly looks like um, kind of ongoing uh, pairing uh, that we kind of, you know, for example, like we, we do like 10 hours a week with a company and uh, we are available to pair with their developers as they're building the application. So it's not really training. Uh, but we also do training as well. But most of the work that we do is done through pairing. And the second part to that is apprenticeship. So we'll have uh, we have developers that who want to learn Ember, and so we kind of take them under our wing, and um, we find them projects, uh, both open source and uh, kind of uh, commercial projects, where they can learn Ember through hands-on work and um, and level up level up that way. So we've got we have we've had. Great success in, with with that in particular. Uh, we we do really well with mentoring as well, but uh, it's been great to see our apprentices grow and contribute to open source projects, and then go and learn and be on real teams. So it's been a really rewarding experience. Sure. And where are you uh, located at, Taras? So right now I'm in India, but I'm usually in Toronto and sometimes in in California. Awesome. So so everywhere. Uh, so are you are you in India right now because of a consulting job? Yeah, we've got a, a gig here with uh, fifty developers that are mentoring. So it's pretty interesting opportunity. Wow, that's that's quite a bit. Sounds like things are going pretty well for you guys. Yeah, we've been having a good time, right, Tracy? Yeah, I mean, YOLO. Life is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been great. It's really really fun. I think I think uh, I don't know. I just think life is amazing, and it's. JavaScript is so awesome, and there's so many new things coming up with it, and I feel like so many large corporations, I mean, I'm sure you know, Nick, right, because um, you do a lot of Node-related things, and uh, like JavaScript's everywhere. Yeah, JavaScript's everywhere. It's hard to avoid. I mean, you could even, <laughs> uh, I saw the other day that you could uh, use JavaScript to start programming for your Pebble smartwatch, and that's pretty outrageous. Uh, so it's it's everywhere. I think it's kind of crazy. Like, so it was interesting. I did a podcast yesterday for, with a practical dev, and he said, uh, he's like, you know, I've been trying to avoid JavaScript. I tried really hard, and now I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. I've only done JavaScript. It's amazing. Yeah, you could get pretty far with just JavaScript. <laughs> I had a similar, similar experience, and that's kind of why I ended up doing, doing Ember is because I, I started off building i was building a framework in php and then um i discovered that every project that we built we would build the app in php and then and then when and then when the ui like we actually built in the ui we end up building the the app in javascript as well so i'm like I'm like well if i'm gonna build two apps every time i might as well just build one and that's basically how i end up doing ember 
Yeah. So that that kind of leads us into this whole the whole topic here. Uh, does anyone want to talk about what Ember JS is? Um, sure, Tracy. Do you want to try, or would you like me to do it? Uh, I, I feel well. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'll I'll start, and then you can fill in. <laughs> so. I think Ember, um, the reason I really like Ember, and well, it's a JavaScript framework, obviously. And um, I think one of the reasons why I really like Ember is because it really allows you to get productive quickly, right? So any React, and I know uh, Create React app is coming, so I'll, I'll, I'm going to start doing React like next week, basically. But um, if you look at if you look at the three re- frameworks, Ember, Angular, and React, because of the opinions that Ember has, um, it allows you to just like immediately scaffold up an app and and do amazing things. And most of that is contributed to Ember CLI. Um, there's a server-side rendering story that sort of tries how far is Fastboot? It's like it's working, but it's it's working and it's in production. It's just uh, it's um, like a lot of things. You know, you can create something, but then people have to catch up. And I think that's one of the things that's you know just kind of to you know bring together what Tracy is saying is that so Ember GS as, as a front end framework, it it has a very specific purpose that's that's that, that can be summarized by its slogan. So it's a framework for building ambitious web web applications, and so it's really. Uh, so for the last three and a half years or four years now, it's been created as a framework for building ambitious web applications. And so from all of the, from that comes what Tracy said, uh, you know, a really good tooling story. We have a solution, like a unified solution for, for doing progressive web apps. Uh, we have a very, uh, very good like add-on story and so all of these all of these things are expression of the fact that uh, the community and the framework creators, the core team, are really focused on creating a framework that that is designed to build large applications. You know, by teams that that start off saying, "I'm actually building a large app. What is the what is the right tool for me?" And then that's what Ember position always wanted to be, and that's what Ember is designed for, and that's what the, all the tooling is designed for. So when yeah, exactly think, did Ember come out? Sorry to interrupt you, Tracy. Yeah, no worries. I think it was it was about four years ago. Um, it started off a Sprout core, then it was uh, Ember with an A for a couple of weeks, and then uh, and then it became became Ember, and it's been stable. Like it had a 1.0 release, I think about about uh, two and a, and a half years ago. And so it's been in one 1.0 plus, so it's at 2.7 right now, but it's been uh, stable but evolving for two and a half years. I think the other thing that I, I like about Ember is that uh, you know, I started doing development a year and a half ago, and I think this is the other thing of with, with trusting. It's, it's really good to... Ember is a really good framework if you want to scale across large, large teams and build ambitious web apps. Um, you're able to, because Ember is opinionated and because most people, if not all people, use Ember CLI to create Ember applications, you can open up any Ember application and know exactly where everything is, right? So the the ramp-up time for larger teams is really not much, right, Taras? Like, I mean, you can, like, literally get productive right away. Yeah, this is this is kind of a consistent, uh, consistently what I see happening is, a, you know, a team can 
when a team starts working with Amber, even if a team that's never worked with them before, if you start the guides, you see the first thing you do is you, you know you install Ember CLI and then you run Ember New and the name of your app. And uh, literally about a minute later, however long npm takes to build, you will you will have a directory that has you know you you can go into it and go Ember Serve and then you it will open up a web browser where you can see your application as a starting point. So that's like that's how easy it is to start and then. Uh, and then because it provides all the structure, when you onboard new developers, they have very reliable and predictable structure to, to join into. So a lot of times you will see it's not it's not unusual to have a, develop, a new developer come on, on a team and then be able to uh, submit pull requests to the projects the same day. So I have a question then. So if um, if it's be, if it's really consistent because of the use of the CLI, and you're saying we're on version two rather than one, has there been has it been pretty consistent between the two versions? Like if I had started an Ember one application and uh, now we're on two, uh, would would the structure still look the same? Yes, the structure looks very. Uh, actually, the structure looks exactly the same. Ember CLI hasn't changed, or the project layout hasn't changed since Ember CLI was created. Um, most of the so the, the Ember uh, Ember community and the Ember core team are extremely um, intentional about maintaining Ember. So the way that they do that is um, we essentially there is a six week release cycle where every six weeks we have a minor release, and uh, the the releases are time boxed. So anything that's ready to go within six weeks gets released into the incremental. Incremental release and um, between major releases. So when we, when we went from so like one was like a big big marker for us. Like it basically like this is the foundation. And then when we went to two, everything going up to two. What what we saw were kind of new features being added and deprecations being introduced, which to which allowed you to kind of give you a path and said, like, if you are using this particular feature that's going to be deprecated in Ember 2, if you replace, you know, fixed, refactor this code and eliminate this deprecation, then you will be be able to smoothly upgrade upgrade to 2. And so this is how, with this kind of upgrade path, we saw big improvements being introduced into Ember applications. We had a really big improvement that happened when we went from one to two, which was the introduction of the Glimmer rendering engine, which was based on ideas that Ember community learned from React. And so one of the, I think, successes of the Ember community was the ability to take all these huge applications that were running on Ember on on previous version of render, rendering engine in Ember 1 and then upgrade to Ember 2 and use the new, new rendering engine. And basically people, companies that had large applications using the previous rendering engine were able to get React-like uh, uh, fast rendering for virtually no cost. It was just a matter of removing deprecations. It was it was a lot of work. It wasn't you know it wasn't completely effortless, but it wasn't a it wasn't a rewrite. It wasn't like you had to start from scratch. You just had to um, you just had to make some changes to make it compatible. But you know we have. Um, I mean, I can go on about this for a while, but so I'll just, I'll, 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 you know, I'll give it back to you. Yeah. So you said it was a lot of work. Um, are you saying it was a lot of work from the um, Ember community, kind of uh, building the the project, or are you talking from the 
uh, for, uh, end user who's actually using Ember? It was both. I mean, there, it, maintaining backwards compatibility and um, maintaining stability is, is, is a lot of effort. So the core team and the community put a lot of effort into, uh, into making sure that there's a path for people to upgrade. Even in, and in some cases, that means introducing new code to, ma to make backwards compatibility possible. Um, but from the user's perspective, there was still work because it is still change. You still have to go in and you have to change the patterns or techniques that you were using that were no that, that are no longer compatible in the glimmer land. Like those things needed to change. And um, but we had a pass to do it. You know, in some for some people it was like you know you you'd run your test suite and you get a thousand deprecations and then you have to go in and and actually figure out how to refactor them. But um, everybody did it. Uh, there were probably a few companies, or you know, there, there might, might have been a few people that failed. But um, on, the, on the, for the majority, I would say for, you know, in the high 90s uh, of of people in the community, the upgrade was successful. Sure. Yeah. No, that sounds good. So when you develop with Ember.js, uh, what what kind of uh, development strategy does it use? Is it is it an M model view view model or MVC or something else? So I think it, it, from the beginning, it's it fit in the MVC category. Um, but the the things the things are kind of changing. I think one, one thing that's interesting is that when Ember community, when Ember started, the idea was you for a team to be successful, you need to have standards. So the we you know the Ember Ember one had a lot of kind of ideas. Uh, or standards or conventions that were that were drawn from what we knew about building applications in um, um, on the server, and then as things changed, like for example, as React was introduced, and we you know we found out that it was actually more performant to uh, in in the browser it was actually more performant to um, do, to apply like one one way data flow and to be able to apply changes to the DOM very quickly and be able to just diff those changes so that you, you know, you're kind of managing what changes are being applied to the DOM. But, but these new ideas about how to do development in a browser came in after 1.0 was released. So the community kind of had to change how we was doing things. So there is, the, but this evolution is continuing. So, the, you know, before it was React, now we're, we're you know, we're exploring how to make immutability a, a bigger part of the, uh, the Ember framework. There's a lot of other efforts, like how do, how do you make every application by default um, effortlessly uh, compatible with uh, the progressive uh, web app kind of uh, pattern. So there's a lot of evolution that's happening. Um, yeah, that's... Um, I'm not sure if I've answered the question. I kind of lost what the question was. Oh, the MVC pattern. Yeah, yeah. So, so in the process, like as we're discovering, discovering what um, what we want or what what is the better ways of building applications in the browser, we're actually finding out that certain things don't apply. So one of the things that's, that's happened in the Ember community is that we have we now there's a there's a big move towards components. You know, in the MVC, in MVC. There is a view and there is a controller, but a component is actually a view and a controller together. So how do you know what is that? What is that now? Um, you know how does that fit? So is that uh, a MC framework? You know it's um, or where C stands for component. 
So the the, the acronym that, that was used before doesn't really apply as much anymore, but um, because we're learning really what what we need to be really good at building applications in a browser. Sure. So say say I'm a back end developer and I'm trying to get into the full stack development. I'm trying to uh, pull in front end development into my into my job. Uh, what what type of backend developer will probably have the easiest transition to Ember? Like, what is it most similar to as far as a backend technology? Um, I think it's probably Rails. fair to say that, yeah, Rails. Rails. So, um, all right. Yeah, no, 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 that's very fair. So it, it's a good comparison because a lot of people, um, I know that when I, when I look at new technologies, um, for example, there's nothing wrong with React. React is a great technology, but it's not for me because it's, it's so different from anything that I've ever used um, that it's just I can't process it. <laughs> but um, no, it's it's good. Ooh, I can't well, wait to play with React. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've I've looked at it before. Th- oh, go on, Terrace. I think yeah. I was just gonna say that there there, there are things. I I think actually, you might actually find it interesting from the perspective of. Um, being able to work with something that you might not get to work with uh, on a regular basis. So like one of the things that, so functional programming in, in React, that's kind of the, the name of the game, and which is also what Ember is starting to move toward, uh, towards more and more. There's a, there's a lot of initiatives within the Ember community to make functional programming and immu- immutable uh, data structures kind of a bigger part of um, Ember. And uh, but this is, I think, what's interesting about about what's happening in the browser world right now is that we get to we get to collectively learn. I think this is what's really exciting about JavaScript is that there is this kind of collective um, uh, effort to discover what is the best way to build applications. Because on a server, it's been happening for thirty years, but in the browser, it's only been happening for maybe eight, ten years. Yeah, a lot less. You know, and, and it's yeah, so it's like jQuery for the, for the longest time. Yeah, exactly. I think everyone has touched jQuery at some point in time. Um, so I know that um, when it comes to JavaScript lately, TypeScript is beginning to get a lot of buzz. Uh, is TypeScript uh, compatible with, with Ember? Can you, can you develop with TypeScript or is it strictly JavaScript? You can. So uh, you can use TypeScript. There is an effort, actually. One of the things that's happening right now in the Ember community is that the Ember framework is made up made up of, made up of a lot of pieces. Uh, there's a lot of modules that power it, and um, these pieces are being rewritten in TypeScript. So I think what's going to happen is that um, when when that happens, uh, that's going to give a, give everyone the opportunity and um, both to understand how you know how to use and learn a typescript but also to build a tooling around it and uh, line uh, like align ember cli to make using typescript with with um, ember like trivial basically in the same way as it is to use babel like using babel with ember is, is trivial you you create a new project that has babel um, with typescript it's going to be something similar where you'll just be able to like probably f- uh, you know switch um, add a precompiler to your pipeline, and you'll just have TypeScript. Sure. So also for so I heard it's it's happening with isn't it like Glimmer is written in TypeScript? Glimmer two is written in TypeScript, but what other pieces have been starting the to be route route recognizer is being re- rewritten, and uh, the router itself is being rewritten in uh, in Glimmer as well. But I think there's probably other pieces that I'm not familiar with that uh, 
that are being rewritten. But essentially, the idea is like any utility that uh, powers Ember underneath um, is going to be rewritten in uh, TypeScript. I know uh, Ben Ben Lesh from RxJS five. He um, he re he had to rewrite RxJS five in TypeScript, and he said that it caught so many so many errors for him. <laughs> Yeah, we actually we actually discussed. He was actually on a previous episode, and we discussed the exact same topic. Uh, yeah, right. he was he was a cool guy to have on. Uh, cool. Yeah, so uh, you mentioned that there's the CLI tool. There's uh, there's going to be the 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 various tooling uh, that handles uh, pre 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 compiling uh, for TypeScript. Is there anything else uh, that's available for Ember? Can you? Is there any kind of autocomplete for editors like uh, Visual Studio Code or or uh, Atom or anything like that? There is an integration with, uh, I think there are uh, basically the things that you can do with Ember CLI and a command line, you can do those things with Atom and Visual Studio Code. But um, but it's not really, like the way that we don't have, so I think there's two, kind of two things to, to, to this. One thing is that um, the Ember community is fairly small. I think it's, we, we, last time there was a JavaScript uh, survey I think Ember Ember was something like um, I don't know. I think it was something like thirteen percent of the overall. It's used by thirteen percent of people, uh, which is not surprising at all. Um, but it it also means that there's not as much incentive for the um, uh, for the browser or for the um, ID vendors to build integrations with Ember. But at the same time, there's not a lot of need for it. Like it's not because the way that uh, because we've been we've had actually for the longest time we've been using we've been using like ES6 modules and we are we've been using like we've had small files for different parts of the framework for a long time. So there isn't you know maybe not as much need for for tools that that would make working with a large code base easier although of course everything helps right i mean sure. if you know more integrations we had would be great better but uh it hasn't been that particular part hasn't been a burden um but i think one thing has been really helpful is we have this tool called ember inspector which allows us to explore the ember application in the browser and that's actually that that is a huge help like that's something that we use on a regular basis because you could at any point open any ember app so actually if you can go to any ember app like um Twitch, Bustle, uh, I can't think of, uh, Tracy, can you think of any other Ember apps that? Um, uh, uh, well, Yah that Yahoo has their ad platform on, on Ember, or you have Netflix, but I don't know if the entire thing has been rolled out yet. Uh, uh, Apple help section. I so think Nordstrom go- Rack too. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Yeah, so you can go to basically any of these sites and you can open the Ember Spectre and you can actually see what what components, what uh, pieces, the, you know, what, like what uh, route structure, what templates, uh, uh, hierarchy it has. Like you can actually explore the application. You can actually, you know, play around with the application in the browser just for, for yourself only, but you can actually, you can learn a lot by uh, by looking at how other applications are structured. I think the other great part about Ember is um, the add-on ecosystem. So I'm really hoping that this comes soon, given Angular CLI and and sort of their their idea of following conventions. Um, but we have we have Ember add-ons. So anytime you think about 
like, oh, I really want to use X, uh, you know, like SAS or less or like any other, you know, other maybe strange thing you want to do, um, you can search emberaddons.com and typically find it, right? Like using Cordova with Ember is really easy or using Google's Material Light Library with Ember is or, really easy. Or Electron. It's a, it's like uh, using electrons, like a one, li a one line install and then you just run build and it creates the actual applications. I mean, it, it, it builds the actual application for you, um, with Ember installed. So does that like generate a, a grunt or a gulp script in order to do this or is it something completely baked in? Uh, it's completely, so Ember CLI has, uh, it's the add-on ecosystem is like very tightly, um, integrated into Ember CLI. So it um, you you would essentially just like you'd run Ember build and uh, if you have uh, Ember Electron installed and it will generate the application file that uh, you can start and then now you have a browser like an, an app that has your Ember app running inside of it. And also, by the way, it looks like um, Locks forked Kim Rowan's Ember CLI type coffee script and made an Ember CLI type script. Um, about a year ago so it looks like he's kind of working on it but that's kind of cool so maybe you can yeah. use typescript i mean you could probably use this add-on to work with a uh, work with typescript if you want yeah so, from what i know uh-huh good uh, i was gonna say so who is this person is this uh one of the active contributors that you mentioned tracy uh lox is on the he's on the learning i know he's on the learn core learning team um but yeah, yeah um ricardo he's uh he does a lot of really cool stuff in the Ember community, but it looks like he created Ember CLI TypeScript already. Yeah, there's also uh, effort to create uh, a um, so there's a there's a thing called Hearth. I think it's a it's a GUI uh, essentially like oh, a GUI for wrapper Ember for Ember CLI. Yeah. And how 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 would a GUI? Uh, are you talking like a, a kind of like a Bootstrap framework for it or? Are a GUI for for making these applications. It's a it's an app uh, like it's it, it's it would be an app that you install. So I think it's an Electron app, um, and um, inside of it there's an Ember app. But what that but that Ember app allows you to control commands on. Uh, I think it's like an Ember CLI instance that's running in the background, and so it, it essentially is a is a tool for people who who are contributing to an Ember project but are not comfortable comfortable with Ember CLI. Got it. So, like design, you know, designers, for example. Sure. Typically. So, so say I'm a, a front-end developer or JavaScript developer, and I'm already using uh, libraries and components like jQuery, or maybe maybe I do have React in my application. Am I able to combine Ember with these other frameworks as well? I, I see it a lot. I, I get it asked a lot. Can I combine framework X with framework Y? Is that is something like this possible? So jQuery. Hi, uh, Tracy, go on. Oh, no, I was just going to say one of the things that I see a lot of people doing is actually, like, because React is so component-focused, it's really easy to sort of, like, wrap your, wrap Ember around your React components. But Charles can elaborate more on, on that and everything. Um, so uh, Ember is typically used for projects where the, the, app takes over the entire screen. So like by default, it will go into the body tag. So it's, it actually 
because it has because of the way that that, that is designed because it has like um, it has a routing system by default it assumes that you're going to have multiple pages on a site and assumes that it's going to be that your ember application is actually like the the application that controls everything so it's not it, it there are ways to make ember work as part of other things but it's not really designed for that so you can kind of work around it so people people when they when they do migrations of an existing app to ember they would do that they would like they would have an ember app running and they would inject pieces of ember into different parts of of the ui and migrate gradually but that's um that's an integration kind of edge case rather than a something that people would do on a regular basis sure. Go on. But it does work with jQuery. Like it has, jQuery is actually part, so jQuery is, is a dependency. So the only thing is that uh, the biggest difference between what you would do with jQuery and with, with Ember is that with Ember, most of the most of the things that you do on a day-to-day -day are like you're managing uh, state, you're managing objects in memory. You don't really worry about how those objects are um, are mapped onto DOM or like how how specific DOM elements are, are rendered. So you never actually interact, very rarely do you, you have access to the DOM and you can interact with it in components, but it's not, in most cases, 99% like of the time you, if you are working at a DOM level and you're mutating DOM uh, as you would with jQuery, you're kind of, you're, you're doing something wrong because there's ways to do it with Ember that is just much, much simpler. Sure, that makes sense. Um, so you mentioned this a few times already. I just want to go into a little bit more detail here. But you've mentioned uh, progressive web apps, and uh, these things are blowing up huge. There, I hear about them everywhere. Uh, so, um, does does Ember have like a special mobile kind of uh, layout that makes them progressive web app friendly, or um, what exactly makes it a good solution for progressive web apps? So Ember has a uh, an add-on called Fastboot, and sure. uh, what Fast yeah what it does is it uh, it will allow you to do uh, rendering of Ember apps on a server. So you can actually if you can actually uh, basically have an Ember CLI project do Ember install Fastboot and then run um, so you, so instead of running running Ember serve you'd run Ember Fastboot and then what comes up is uh, is actually being served by the node server, and then when the JavaScript assets load, then it then it um, takes over and and uh, runs the application in the browser. But you can actually run the application without the JavaScript. If you disable JavaScript in your browser, you can actually run the application um, without JavaScript because it's running on a server and spitting out the HTML. So. For users that are uh, that are on mobile, like this is a huge bonus because you you can essentially um, you can th that uh, the time to render um, is very short, and then that gives the use that gives the app some time to load the JavaScript and and boot up, and while that's happening, the user can still interact with the page. So Ember's goal is to become like the the premier framework uh, when it comes to uh, progressive web apps. Um, because it's already very easy to do, and it's just going to get easier and easier as the community uh, community invests more and more effort into making progressive web apps story super awesome in Ember. So you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it sounds like the way that Ember does it, it if you're building a web application, it sounds like it'd be better for search engine optimization, because I don't know if you've played around with Angular at all. 
Um, but it doesn't, pr- uh, so search engines don't pre-render uh, the tags, which really butchers uh, your shot at, at having good SEO. Um, is this ang- Angular or Angular 2? I don't know if it's like this for Angular 2, uh, but I know mm-hmm. it was a big problem for Angular 1. Um, does Ember not suffer from this because of the way that it, it pre-renders with Fastboot? Right, yeah. So I, I think, Tracy, I think Angular 2 has, uh, has a server-side rendering story, right? Uh, yeah, it's Angular Universal, but it's kind of the same, probably like in the same situation where Fastboot is not. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot yet. of work. Yeah, it's, it's still a lot of work to do. Like if so, Ember, um, like Fastboot is being used in production um, by companies like Bustle. Um, like we have uh, the Global Ember Meetup site is using Fastboot. Um, I'm actually using, we're using Fastboot um, as, or so we're using an Ember app that's running on Fastboot as a, um, as a um, client to WordPress. So it's, uh, it, that, that Fastboot definitely is, is um, the key to making Ember a viable option for publishing sites. So that's actually, I think, one of the, one of the areas where we're hoping Ember is going to get a lot of attraction. Uh, I mean, attraction uh, because it's uh, g- getting a search engine friendly site with Ember is going to be uh, a lot easier than basically any any other framework that's available today. I tried playing with it yesterday, but <clears throat> so Jorge, who's on the Ember Sherpa team, he he said it's actually pretty easy. So one thing is this jQuery dependency now like it doesn't for some reason it doesn't work very well but like Jorge's figured out how to sort of like fix that but I was trying to do it with add-ons and with add-ons it doesn't work so I'm hoping Angular 2 learns from that and it's like okay you gotta get gotta get Angular Universal to work with uh, jQuery somehow I don't know yeah. so you could probably elaborate on that but I was just like oh god we screencasted on it it was great. I'm posting it. <laughs> awesome. So yeah. So yeah. The, go on. Uh huh. I was going to say that the the problem with um. So the, the, so that's one of the things that we are uh, we are working on solving as a community right now, which is um, that um, so Ember has this um, so in like when you're rendering something on server, you don't have access to the DOM, so you have to uh, you essentially have to like your components need to operate in such a way that they can they can um, do everything that they need to do without requiring a uh, like a jQuery to make when you put, to make changes to the DOM. So the way it works in Fastboot is you, there's a simple DOM which is um, kind of a subset of of the DOM implementation that, that's used on the server to to build a DOM. And so when 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 Fastboot's running, it's actually using a simplified version of the DOM. But jQuery doesn't know anything about simple DOM, so jQuery tries to work with a window object. And so, since there is no window object, uh, you know everything goes like it explodes. And so, the thing like the add-ons or the the add-ons that rely that that rely on modifying the DOM to present things, so like materialize components, for example, they they do this. Um, Apps that that use Material right now in Ember are not able to use Fastboot for this reason. But the great thing is that if we can figure out how to deal with this on the add-on level, uh, the 
apps that are using these add-ons can just simply upgrade the add-on and should be able to start using Fastboot. We just got to figure out how to make that work. Sure, yeah, no, I, I understand completely that it's a pretty challenging topic. Um, this question might be more um, more better for uh, Tracy because you said that uh, you started developing about a year and a half ago, right? Mm-hmm. So it might be more appropriate for you. Um, what makes Ember.js so attractive to you versus all of the other JavaScript frameworks that are out there? Because um, well, I know Ember you're a huge advocate. First... Yeah, Ember was my first love. So the Tomster logo um, I fell in love with him. And then honestly, I have to tell you that I, I, I met Tomster and then a few months later I started wanting to code. <laughs> so all my friends were Ember developers. Um, so that's why I started using Ember. But like for me to actually build applications just took, I mean, you know, the, the things that I have built like modernweb.org or venture hacked, um, or like building little add-ons. Like, I, I just feel like it was really easy for me to contribute to the community or do interesting things like immediately. Right. Um, versus, so this was, so this is a year and a half ago. So Angular 2 wasn't really, wasn't really there yet. But I think one of the things that sort of like excites me about things like Angular 2 is that it's very similar to Ember. Um, I don't know, like, I think productivity is probably the most important thing. And it really excites me. Like, I think being a beginning developer, you know, you start, you're sort of like, oh my God, like being able to look at, let's say, uh, LinkedIn code base or something like that. Like what, how would you even start with Ember? Because it's an Ember application. I can literally go to any project and I can just say, oh, okay, I know where these things are. So I don't necessarily have to understand the code on like a very deep level, but I at least know how things are configured and work and can sort of like puts my way around it. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's what excites me. Like I can actually do things sure. <laughs> without knowing much. <laughs> Now, when when you said Tomster, that's the hamster logo, right? Yeah, he's such a little cutie. So does this mean that uh, because you're into the hamster stuff, you're into the the Golang Gopher? Because yeah, I think they're pretty similar, aren't they? Um, I just learned about the Golang Gopher right now, oh. which I will look him up. <laughs> oh, all right, yeah. So <laughs> since we're since we're about out of time here, um, I just want to ask uh, if you guys have any. Uh, final words of wisdom for anyone trying to learn about Ember uh, or what are some common questions you receive? Uh, just anything that you could leave my listeners with. Um, I think one thing, one thing for me is I don't really understand. So a lot of people say like Ember is difficult. There's a steep learning curve. Don't use it. Um, for me as a beginner, I haven't really seen that. Like to me, it's really easy. And I think a lot of people also get scared to use something that they're, you know, they don't know about. And, um, for me, like, honestly, like installing Ember CLI and then just saying Ember new is literally all you need. Like it's not that hard, but trust also for Ember Sherpa also does like free pairing sessions. So that's been really useful. Like I used it when I was a beginner. Um, what else to us? Like you want to add on? Yeah, to I, was, it? I was just going to say that, uh, that I think it, it was easy. Uh, I think what made it easier for you, Tracy, and correct me if I'm wrong, was the fact that you you made friends in the community, and the community is very open, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. I think that 
yeah, I think that's, that that goes a long way. Like Ember community is extremely open. Um, we have a code of conduct. We're very dedicated to actually like being a very welcoming community. Um, that's part of the reason why I do the, the free pairing sessions to get people started. I have uh, three apprentices who also do free pairing sessions. So for beginners who have um, who have no Ember experience at all, like my apprentices are awesome. They will, they will at any point jump into a screen uh, into a pairing session and help them get them started. So um, I think Ember community is wonderful. It's a really great place to learn to be a programmer or learn to build applications. Awesome. Well, I appreciate uh, the two of you taking time out of your busy day to be on this podcast. I think that the information that the two of you gave will be very educational to my listeners and hopefully will actually grow uh, the Ember community and uh, give people more of an open mind when it comes to JavaScript framework technologies. Cool. Yeah. And also, you know, I'm always happy to help. So I love it when new developers are learning Ember and I can be of use. So let me know. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Lady Leet on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. And then Teresa's is Ember Sherpa. So awesome. We yep. both love helping new people. And I will include both of your Twitter handles in the show notes. Well, there you have it. You just got the 411 from two very talented uh, advocates in the Ember space on Ember.js. Again, their names were Tracy Lee and Taras Mankowski. I've personally not spent too much time with Ember. I've looked at it before, um, but I know that it's a very popular uh, JavaScript framework, and I know that there are a lot of major companies making use of it. If you enjoyed this podcast episode and you're listening to it from a network that allows you to leave a rating and review, uh, such as iTunes, it would mean a lot to me if you went in and left it a five-star rating and review. So that way, potential listeners who are interested in getting started with development uh, will be able to find it easily uh, and jumpstart their career. If you're looking for a lot of good mobile and web development tutorials, don't forget you can visit thepolyglotdeveloper.com, uh, which is my blog, and you can find out a lot of great tutorials on a lot of very relevant topics. And that concludes episode number nine.